All right, here we are. We are here. Regular girls. Oh, my God. Regular girls. That's my old podcast. First of all, this is called Oral Sessions. That was a moment of a little thing called Pregnancy Brain, which has just started happening to me. Yesterday, I was driving to the gym. This is actually a little scary. I forgot where I was going. Like, literally had a moment where I was like, where am I and where am I driving to? I totally blanked out. Anyways, from the top and a three and a two. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Oral Sessions. I'm your girl, Renee Paquette. Joining me today, the one, the only producer extraordinaire, Emilio Sparks. He's got his hair down, a toque on, and we are ready to clown. It's the new year. It's uh, 2021 is officially here. And I don't know about you, Emilio, but I feel... Uh, a certain lightness, you know, we all know that we're not just going to cheers at midnight and then all the chaos of the world is going to chill the hell out. Obviously, that's not the case. But I feel a new invigoration, if you will. I feel inspired. I feel excited. This also might have to do with the fact that I'm not hungover on New Year's for the first time in my life. Also, guys, we are recording this on New Year's Day, even though you'll be getting this on Tuesday, but it's okay. That's where we're at. This is where our headspace is at right now. Emilio, how was your New Year's? My New Year's was pretty much, I was asleep by 1230. Hell yeah. Did you watch a countdown? No, I didn't even watch the countdown. It's bad. We put it on, we put it on literally for the last 10 minutes. We were watching another movie and I was like, oh, I guess we should like watch it. The shits. I was watching Lucifer on Netflix. My Mm. brother comes into the room and it was like, hey. Vinny, my guy. Huge Paquette fan. We DM now. Nice. That's... We're at DM level. We're there. Wow. Friends. There you go. (laughs) Friends. And he was like, yo, uh, come wish your mother a happy birthday and, you know, go go back in your room. It was like 10 seconds left before midnight. Wait, it was your mom's birthday? Yeah. My mother's born on New Year's Eve. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Oh my. That would have been really cool if she was like, you know, there's always like the official New Year's baby, right? I wonder if she was. No, the birth certificate that we looked at many, many moons ago says that she was born like like at like 1040 p.m. Ugh. the 31st. They normally, my parents normally have a huge rager. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, we can't now. No, yeah, you can't. And my parents have a big, you know, they have both sides are just massive. My dad comes from 17. My mother comes from 10. So oh it's a lot God. of people. That's a big soiree. A huge soiree with like finger foods and like legitimate Ugh. entrees. It's a big I thing. love an aperitif. Yeah. All of that. I want all of those things. I want the hors d'oeuvres. I want the little mini cocktails. I want all of it. Right. She said she also just wants to cook for you and John when you guys come in New York. So she's like, she's got you. Like she has a list of like people that I work with. She wants to cook for. Thrilled. But I want to cook with her. I don't want her to just do it for me. I want to get in there. I want to learn from your mom. I want to get under her learning tree and learn from her. Okay. I mean, everything tastes Italian. There's no like, circumventing that. Like, Who doesn't love Italian food, though? R- right. But even when she tries to make empanadas, they taste Italian. <laughs> so, gifted a curse. oregano in this. We're putting in oregano. <laughs> exactly. We're going in everything. <laughs> Is it oregano and garlic. Maybe a little parsley and always basil. All right. Perfect. Cool. It's Italian. It's Italian, mom. I came um, out five seconds before the ball dropped. Happy birthday. I'm going to sleep. See you later. Out like a light. Got up and did yoga this morning. That was my day. That's perfect. See, I wish that I got in a workout today. I didn't. I did one yesterday. I did a New Year's Eve one and I will, I'm back in uh, tomorrow. So today was a bit of an off day, but I took down all of my Christmas decorations. Christmas is no longer within our household. It is in, back in the garage, all wrapped up. Um, 
we were in bed by 11 o'clock last night because we were really mailing it in and we were going off of the East Coast time zone for our countdown because like we go to bed really early now. I'm pregnant. I'm not drinking. John's wrung out his liver. He's not drinking right now either. So we just like stared at each other for a while. Uh, we watched some movies and then we, yeah, and then we went to bed uh, at 11 o'clock, which I'm surprised we even made it to that. Do you feel like your life as you know it before this child is over? Mm-mm. I don't feel that way. I mean, currently, yes, obviously there's some big adjustments, but my one girlfriend in particular, her name is Lindsay Savello, was her uh, her maiden name. Uh, I don't know if she listens to the show, but I'm going to tell her to make sure she listens to it. But she was truly what I would describe as a bit of a steaming hot mess of a person in like the best way, like very charming, always down to party, always kind of down for whatever. And then she had these two beautiful children who are now, God, I would say probably like 10, 12, somewhere in that neighborhood. But she's like the kind of mom that still like just gets shit done. She would still go on full family vacations, uh, go and do day trips. Like she didn't just like shut everything down because she had kids. So I want to make sure that I kind of follow in those footsteps of like, she was like so cool prior to having kids had kids and still like maintained that she didn't like turn into a total dud. Okay. So a 6 PM Chardonnay, Renee's going to crack uh, off. Hell yes. Okay. Just make it. Oh sure. my God. Just are you kidding sure. me? Uh, just yes. making sure you get to crack some blood. Of course. Listen, I want to learn about the whole pump and dump. Um, mm. I'm unfamiliar. Like I understand the concept that you have to like pump out your breast milk before you drink. So to not taint the breast milk. I'm learning so much with you and I'm single and I have no children. So like everything you're going through, (laughs) I'm experiencing third hand because I'm like, okay, she has bowable problems. Okay. She can't, Uh, she can't take a BM. Okay, cool. I've been there. I feel for you, sister. Okay. (laughs) Her boobies hurt. You know what? I have sympathy boobie pain too now. I feel it now. Thank you. Thank God. Like I'll go to the gym and they're like, go take a lap outside. And I have to run holding my boobs because any kind of shaking to my body definitely hurts the knockers these days. And I've already had pregnancy brain because sometimes I'm addicted. So I forget (laughs) things all the time. (laughs) I'm dumb as all hell right now. And I think it's, you know, I think, so I am exactly 17 weeks pregnant today. I think in the first part of the pregnancy, I I had this like mental clarity because I was like, oh my God, I'm not drinking at all. So I feel great about that. I felt very at one with my body. And then this week I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know (laughs) what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm thinking. I constantly just need a nap. Now I have a giant pillow that I sleep with. It's like a pregnancy pillow, which I don't think should be a pregnancy pillow. I think we should all have these pillows. It's amazing. Really? What is it? It's like a full body pillow, but it like wraps around. So it's like the part that goes around your head and then it goes down both sides of you because you're technically not supposed to sleep on your back after a certain point in pregnancy because it like your your uterus is huge and it'll start to like weigh on a vein that cuts off blood circulation, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I'm trying to adhere to these rules, but there's this pillow. It's like a little like bumper pad. So it like kind of reminds me to stay in place, but also like you can like hike a leg up on there. Like my dogs get in there with me, which I don't recommend, but they are who they are. They, they weasel their way in there. Everybody should get a pregnancy pillow. There are like 40 bucks on Amazon. Highly recommend. Might have to get Great one now. This. You have to get one. Emilio, I'm going to send you a pregnancy pillow. I need to make sure that my uterus is not crushing the vein that's connected to my uterus. I, I have we to. Are all about, we're all about vein protection on oral sessions. Yeah, we have to protect our veins. Listen, that's our PSA for the month. Protect your vein. 
listen, we're not we're not into the protect your neck. Do what you got to do. Protect your vein. Protect <laughs> your damn vein. Straight up. Oh, uh, so you did something really cool on the Twitter machine a couple hours ago where we wanted to do a different type of episode today. Yes, here we are. I mean, everybody knows the lore of the the famous Emilio Sparks. You have your own podcast. You got Rassle Rap. You are producing a million other people's shows, wildly successful. I was able Thank to partner you. with you, which Thank is you. incredible. But now we get to bring you on. And I mean, I know you have your own podcast, but it's cool to have you on here and we can just like kind of bullshit a little bit for this this interesting episode. Right. But see, I have reservations about stuff like that just oh. because I no, I don't care. I'm an open book. I, I'll tell you whatever. <laughs> but my thing is, it is my job to produce. And I'm from the old school. You should be seen and not heard. But you are so cool and inviting and welcoming. You're like, you know what? Let's make it a little bit about both of us, because even in yes. the verbiage of this program, it's our channel, it's our show. So yeah. I got to tell you, big upskis to you because, dude, not like I wasn't going to do it beforehand, but I'll run into a, a burning building for you. I'll pull a Jack Pearson. <laughs> oh my god! Don't even start with "This Is Us" with me. Don't you dare fucking start with "This Is Us." I'll lose my mind. It's my favorite show. John Mine and I too. are obsessed with that Mine show. The, se- the season dips are a little wishy-washy about releasing episodes. Fine. But right. anyways, yes. No, this is our show. We're working on this together. I am actually always such a firm believer. First of all, firm believer in working with good people and picking and choosing the people that you want to work with so that the project does become a group project. I never want to just be like, that. this is my show and blah, blah, blah. Like That's just never... I don't like working like that. You support me. I support you. We figure it all out. And uh, that's that's a way to success, I think. It's more fun. Well, I'm also really big into manifesting the right thing and throwing it out into the universe. Now, it's no secret. You and I both worked for New York. You longer than I. And I knew that there was something special and magical about you when I was doing my job. And then I told you one day you and I will do something together and it will be fucking epic. And then lo and behold, the universe finally caught up with my dream. And here we are. Here we are. We have on matching toques, matching mics, and we're no longer fucking around. No, it's it's go time. We are crushing <laughs> 2021 already. Okay, so back to what you were going to say that I threw it out on the old Twitter machine that you and I are going to be doing this fun episode. So we're going to do the, the Q and Renee. Yes, we did call it Q and Renee just because it's sort of fun play on words. However, I did like uh, my friend Arun. He tweeted that it should have been Q and A in the Canadian term of saying. Ooh, a. We could That's name it A in the episode. It, it could be that. It's, I think it's good. We could give him a little writer's nod on that. I thought it was clever. I really enjoyed it. So we took a bunch of questions off of Twitter, which I'm excited to get to. Um, we also wanted to, you know, it just sort of felt right to take a little bit of a breather on this show in the passing of Brody Lee, um, a friend of mine, a very close friend of yours. We had the episode last week with Michelle Waterson, which we had taped two weeks in advance. Especially with the show, we're interviewing so many wrestlers and the community is all just um, still obviously grieving the loss of Brody. So it just felt right for us to just kind of do something with us, not have to bring anybody else and talk about things that, you know, anyways, I did have on, I was going to put on a Toronto Maple Leafs toque that I had in honor of Brody, but it looked like shit. Actually, I ended up getting that hat because of Brody, 
because Pumpkin, who works with uh, WWE, we had done the, we were shooting something in Toronto, and we had to do. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was some kind of they were doing some kind of bet. This was all like it, like people inside WWE, not like talent, like wrestlers and stuff. They came down with a bunch of Toronto Maple Leafs tukes and Brody and I ended up getting the best ones. Oh, Obviously, of course. He's, he's a huge Maple Leafs fan. I think he actually left me with the scraps, which I'll take, but it's all right. <laughs> now I have no choice. Like, I don't have a horse in that race. I've never really been a fan of hockey. Now you have to. Now yeah. I'm a Maple Leafs fan, just like I am a fan of Notre Dame football. Oh, is he a Notre Dame football fan? Yeah, he used to make the joke that Notre Dame was his old college. Oh, <laughs> even though he never really went to college, that was one of the jokes that we, we would have. So, so it was a group text between me, Brody and Biggie. And that was kind of like our, our trio. I wish that I knew that. I did not know <laughs> that Notre Dame was a thing for him. Yeah. Huge. Just, just recently, John and I met and hung out with Rudy. Stop like, it. Yes. So John was shooting something. He was filming something for AEW and the camera crew that he was working with were also just shooting something for Rudy. So he tagged along for the shoot and we're like, you're fucking Rudy. Like you're Rudy, Rudy. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wish that I, I knew that. That's so funny. So yeah. What a guy. Well, we're going to have him on the show at some point. We must have Rudy on. We have to now, yeah. you know, and we would always say, Hey, you know, how is it playing with this one or that one? You know? And, and then he, we would just go into <laughs> these big elaborate ribs and it would just pop the three of us. That was classic it. wrestling. Just take one tail and make it taller and taller and taller <laughs> and bullshit until we no longer know what we're even talking about anymore. That's amazing. And that's what we did. So now I got to be a, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You do. Yes, you do. I mean, your options in New York are, you know, you've got the Rangers, the Islanders. Islanders were turning it around for a while, I believe. Yeah, um, they were. You, yeah, you've got the Devils. No, but you don't want to go to Jersey, though. That's like not allowed. That's illegal, I believe. So you can keep heading north and go up to Toronto. We'll accept you with open arms. Thank you. Thank you. It's very nice. I, I liked Toronto the couple of times we were on loops up there. So I was like, you know what? It's a cleaner New York and the homeless are really, really polite. So it's like, yes. all right, great. Like, yeah. Oh my God. You throw them like some Tim Hortons and like some Tim bits and everybody's happy. I was throwing loonies and toonies left and right yes. when I was up there. I was you get like, heavy pockets when you're there. A lot of change. Good yeah. currency. Yeah. Like, there you go. Canada rules. It does. Oh, by the way. This is a quick side note before we get into these Q&As. Guys, I'm very sorry. I know this is going on longer. We're getting to your questions. So I finally got my letter in the mail last week that I am writing my citizenship test on the 21st. Can we talk about that real quick? Because I have, yes. I have no idea. You're probably more American than me. I, I can't name. I could probably name three presidents. Do you want I to play a fun game? Could we? Yes. I have the USCIS, the citizenship app on my phone. So for the test, you only have to get six of them right. They ask you 10 of a potential 100 questions, but it's multiple choice. Okay. So here we go. Everybody listen up. This is the citizenship test. Who vetoes bills? The speaker of the house, the president, the president pro tempore, or the vice president? The speaker of the house. You already lost. I'm out. I'm done. I'm a, I'm a bad, I'm a bad American. That's it. Or I could be a typical American. I mean, I've been half studying these things. So I kind of, I mean, I'm doing fine on the test. I know where I'm at. Okay. But I'm in, okay. So you, you're already, you've already screwed up of one. Yeah. I suck. Um, We elect a U.S. representative for how many years? Two, four, eight, or six. This one always kind of screws me. I got to go with six. It's two. 
So that one messes me up all the time, too, because there's another one. You elect a U.S. senator for two years, I believe, but a U.S. representative. I'm not entirely sure what the difference is, but okay. In what month do we vote for the president? January, November, February, or October? Oh, well, November felt like it was endless, so I'm going to go in November. Ding, ding, ding. All All right. right. There we go. We're back in the saddle. What are two major political parties in the United States? Democratic and Republican, Democratic, Republican, and Whigs, American and Bull Moose, or Reform and Green? See, now this is a trick question because all of them at one point were parties, specifically Bull Moose, which was Teddy Roosevelt, and Whig. But I will say Democrat and Republican. Okay, good. See, I didn't know the, I didn't know those follow-ups, but you are correct. You're going to like this one. Where is the Statue of Liberty? The New York Harbor, Boston Harbor, San Francisco Bay, or Long Island? Well, I used to pass it every day on my way to work on the Staten Island Ferry, so it's New York Harbor. Ding, ding, ding. All right, I'm back in the game. Of, you're back in the game. What is the name of the national anthem? The Star-Spangled Banner, America the Beautiful, My Country, Tis of Thee, God Bless the USA. The Star-Spangled Banner. Under our Constitution, some powers belong to the states. What is one power of the states? Provide schooling and education, coin or print money, create an army, or make treaties. I'm just going to throw caution to the wind here, and I'm going to say the first thing that you told me. You're right. Provide um, schooling and education. Um, What is one thing Benjamin Franklin is famous for? Inventor of the airplane, youngest member of the Constitutional Convention, U.S. diplomat, or third president of the United States? U.S. diplomat. Ding, ding, ding. See, you're doing good now. You're turning, you've really turned the ship around. I'm like half an idiot. (laughs) What did the Declaration of Independence do? Declare our independence from Great Britain, gave women the right to vote, declared our independence from France, or freed the slaves? Gave us our independence? From Great Britain or France? Oh, Great Britain. I said France one time to John and he was aghast. He couldn't believe I said that. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. The only reason why <laughs> that I know that France was on our side was the movie Patriot starring Mel Gibson because him and the French soldier would always have rather cheeky responses to each other. Didn't France send over the Statue of Liberty? Yes, as a gift. Yes. See, I always have to remind myself that. I'm like, okay, they're friends. We're good. Um, what is one reason colonists came to America? To join a civic group for the experience traveling across the ocean, freedom, or none of these answers? It wasn't, definitely wasn't freedom. It's none of these answers. No taxation without representation. They were tired of getting taxed. No, the answer is freedom. Is it? Yeah. Ah, well, I mean, (laughs) so the history books in school, what? (laughs) They did. If the president can no longer serve, who becomes president? The president pro tempore, the speaker of the house, secretary of state, or the vice president? The vice president. Hell yeah. Who did the United States fight in World War II? Japan, Germany, and Italy. Japan, China, and Vietnam. Austria, Hungary, Japan, and Germany. Or the Soviet Union, Germany, and Italy. That one's kind of hard when I'm just rattling these all off to you, but. I'm thinking one? is, is Yes. The- right. German, Japan, Germany, and Italy. You're right. It was number one. I don't know if that's the one that you meant, but it was number yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't remember like all the countries that were against America at the time. Of course. I, I, you know what? I love when movies can teach us things. I feel like I get so much of my knowledge from The Simpsons. They've referenced everything. Same. 
We're almost there. We're on the closing three questions. I feel like I'm going to become an American. You're going to become an American after this. I feel very confident about it. There were 13 original states. Name three of them. Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida. Maryland, Virginia, and North Carolina. New York, Kentucky, and Georgia. Or Washington, Oregon, and California. I'm going to say the second answer. Yeah. Name one of the two longest rivers in the United States. Colorado River, Rio Grande River, Ohio River, or Mississippi River. I'm going to say the Mississippi. Yes. First time I did it, I screwed up and I went Colorado like an idiot. See, I would have thought Rio Grande because Grande, when you order your coffee at Starbucks, means huge. It, of course. I mean, that makes sense. They test you when you even walk in and they're like, have you ever been a prostitute? Are you a drunkard? Like, <laughs> they ask you all these questions, which I had to like, these are actually in the questionnaire when you were like filling out your stuff online to like start the process of your citizenship. But I think they test you on these questions when you walk in to make sure that you understand English. It's wild. Uh, okay. Name one American Indian tribe of the United States, Cherokee, Zowie Chemi, Celts or Slavs. Cherokee. Yeah. All right. Last question. This one's easy. Why does the flag have 50 stars? One star for each president because there are 50 original colonies, because there was 50 people who originally came to the United States, or because there is one star for each state. One star for each state. You got 80%. Hey. You got 80%. You did well. Um, you would have crushed that. You would be sworn in as an American. So congratulations. So now we got to really celebrate and do, I guess, all things stereotypical yes. American that you see within pop culture. Yeah, um, that's what John and I were saying. We're like, okay, so Christmas this year was kind of the shits. No one was here. It was just the two of us. Again, we just kind of stared at each other in a room and had our Christmas tree up. New Year's, same thing, pretty lame. Nothing happened. But 4th of July, let me tell you, things are going to be ablaze up in this bitch. I cannot wait. I'm going to have fireworks, hot dogs, uh, a bunch of Budweiser's. I'm doing it all. I Actually, I should get one of those Budweiser bathing suits. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to reenact the entrance in Rocky Four when Apollo comes out to living <laughs> in America. And I'm like, I want the full regalia. Like, that's yes. it. Like, we're doing this in front of your neighborhood. There's going to be yes. a parade. We should do for a parade. You. Yes. We should do a parade and like maybe some like reenactments out on the, in the streets. We I, should. I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I love that. So that's happening. Sorry, guys. That was a huge deviation for me just telling you that I'm doing my citizenship test in a few I'm weeks. I'm so proud of you, though. Thank you. But I'm glad that the people got to get a little test of, uh, of how they might fare on the, on the exam. Why don't you tweet Renee? And you let her know how good did you do on yes. this American test? If you yeah. got 80% or more, huzzah. Less than that, guys, we got to talk. Mm. This episode of Oral Sessions is brought to you in part by Magic Spoon. You know, growing up, cereal was one of the absolute best parts about being a kid. Um, but, you know, you got to give it up because you realize that it's full of sugar and all of the junk that you just shouldn't be eating. We got to cut that stuff out. Only good things Coming in, you got to keep the body clean, if you know what I'm saying. So there's zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Four flavors. There's cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Honestly, it's too good to be true, I would say. The taste is so good. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. 
So go to magicspoon.com slash Renee to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Renee at the checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it is back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if for any reason you decide that you don't like it, they are going to refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Renee and use the code Renee for free shipping. That's R-E-N-E-E. Big time shout out to Magic Spoon. Anyways, on to our Q&A session, shall we? Yes. Shall we get to that? Okay, so I have to like go through my tweets because I just liked a bunch of them. Also, I would like to direct something at you right off the top because the common theme I kept seeing was about Balls Deep Billy? <laughs> Fucking gallows and antis. <laughs> what is that? What is Balls Deep Billy? Uh, okay, so I produce Talking Shop. And one time, I guess I'm not paying attention. And Drew asks me, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I was just on Tinder, just swiping. I guess that piqued his interest because they're all married. I'm a single man during quarantine who's like <laughs> sneaking off and wearing masks and hooking up. So he would want to know like about my whole thing. Like, uh, like, what do you do? Do you take them out? Do you do? You, or is it just a hang bang? Are you Netflix and chill? Are you popping open a bottle of blood? You know, uh, so what are the answers? Because I'm curious, too. How do how do we find love in the time of quarantine? You don't. You just really be as transparent as possible. And you're like, well, what do you need or what do you want or how what what can we share together? And they're okay. like, well, I just want something physical and intimate. I can do that emotionally. I don't know if I'm ready, but physically, sure. I'll do it. So I'll bring over a bottle of blood. If you got some blood, we'll hang out. We'll watch a movie, preferably a Patrick Swayze film. Cause I love great. Swayze. Oh my God. Who doesn't? What I'm crazy dream. for Swayze. We watch a movie. We hang out. Maybe we kiss. We do some consensual acts. And then I go home when you're about to go to sleep. And it was perfect. I would go make sure that I would get COVID tests. I'd bring the results or I would send it to them. Via- wow. Yeah. So that's what I find fascinating. So when I had COVID, you know, we were very careful for quite a while. And then like at a certain point, I was like, you got to mask up, bitch. We got to get down to it. I've, and then uh, just like had mask sex for a while. I've had mask sex. I've worn a mask <laughs> during sex. And and that's where the balls deep Billy comes from, because I guess I I, I love and I love deeply. Uh, so, oh, OK. Got it. And, and that just <laughs> took off. And this is so weird because it's like I don't refer to myself as balls deep Billy, nor I do hope I not. I mean, maybe should. I don't know. But see, but you know them though. They're just they're You're perpetually nuts. fifteen years old. So it, yes. it's it's just a matter of we're gonna call you a nickname, and the goddamn nickname stuck. I have all the yeah. wrestlers walking up to me when we're filming talking Shopamania too, calling me Balls D Billy. <laughs> There's worse nicknames to have though. They could have just called you like Little Nuts or something, you know? Right, Little Nuts, not so good. Balls Deep, kind of cool. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. You should update your Tinder profile. (laughs) You should say commonly referred to as Balls Deep Billy. As Balls Deep Billy. We'll have mask sex. So to add on to that, I bought some very fun masks at the beginning of quarantine, just like fashion masks. But it was the only thing that I could swap out. So I was like, oh, what do we think of this mask? But then, um, you know, it's you're really just you're taking care of business at that point. It's at, not. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's, at, at that point, it's not about the kink. It's just more about the functionality <laughs> no. of we just got to get it in. And at first it was funny. We would like kind of uh, laugh at it or like enjoy it. And then like after a while, we're like, hey, this is getting kind of sad. 
Um, okay, so we got Balls Deep Billy out of the way. We know who he is. He's here. He's present. Thank you, Gallows. Thank you, Anderson. Thank you to Rocky Romero. Rocky's a good, good dude. I love I like him. him. Um, okay, so here's a question from Darren from um, Evolution of Self. Wants to know, what's my favorite recipe that did not make my cookbook? My favorite recipe that did not make my cookbook, um, which is available for pre-order right now on Amazon, I was doing a deconstructed shumai soup. It's like a shrimp and pork combo dumpling. So when I was writing this book, I would often have those like middle of the night, like, oh my God, I know what I need to cook next. I have this like epiphany. So I was like, hey, I need to like recreate this like beautiful sort of uh, like lemongrass type broth, make these dumplings. So, but I, instead of making the dumplings, I just made meatballs from the pork and the shrimp and just made like a simple meatball on its own, sort of like Italian wedding style soup. And then I would cut up the dumpling papers into little strands of ribbon for the noodles. So I thought this was a brilliant idea. I made the soup. It was, it was amazing. And then I was flipping through Chrissy Teigen's cookbook and she had already created such a soup. I don't know if hers was quite as deconstructed as mine was, but it was like, it was too close for me to do it. But yeah, then there would be like these like, you know, half baked ideas of like, I love a French onion soup. I really wanted to put a French onion soup in the book. I was like, "Mm, what else can I do with that? So I made a French onion soup grilled cheese. And instead of like the, the bread crumb topping that goes on top of a French onion soup with the Gruyere, I made that into the bread and then did these beautiful, um, grilled onions that go inside it. It's so good. Oh this my all God. sounds delicious. It's really good. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. See, I'm making my own pregnant ass starving. Great. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, very what, good. What, what a great question too. It was a good question. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You can pre-order the book messy in the kitchen. May 18th. It comes out. If you go to Renee's bio right now and click on the link tree. The- oh, I got a link tree. Y'all the link is in the tree. <laughs> the link is in the tree. Okay, so this question is to both of us, but I'm going to kind of send it your way. This is from Wrestling Wind Down. What advice do you have for a fellow podcaster slash podcast producer? I'm going to put that ball in your court, Ball Steve Billy. Of course. <laughs> I'm never going to live it down. Um, all right. So the first thing I would do is if you're if you're producing for a host, get to know your host. Um, see what they like, what they dislike, what they're passionate about, and really start to have a knowledge of self for them and then make it about them. Don't make it about your wants and needs as a producer, because you got to remember you're, you're working with another person. If you've never worked with another person before, it's going to be a difficult task. But my advice to you is strip down ego and actively listen to your person because you're going to have a partnership. Also know what equipment is best to use, how to make the sound quality of your podcast really sound good. Study these things. There's tons of tutorials Also, consistency. Consistency is key. People are under the impression, I'm going to do a podcast, it's going to take off, and then I can option it and be done with it. No, a podcast is work. It's 52 weeks a year. It's one episode a week. It's a lot of episodes. So if you don't have the time to set aside each and every week, don't even do it because it's a lot of work. Don't even bother. Stay out of our lane. Um, <laughs> but what I will say that's cool is that, yeah, you can just, especially in this day and age, it's like, shit, 
We're all stuck in the house. Might as well be creative in some capacity. Try to make something happen. And if you have, uh, you know, if there's a show you want to do, say you want to do like an after show for a show you're really into, or yeah, you just want to like, you want to talk about hockey with a friend or basketball or whatever the case may be. It's just like committing yourself to that and trying to turn a hobby into a job. Now, this one is for you. This is from Renee's Yang, and she wants to know least favorite Grey's character. Ooh, God. Okay, my least favorite Grey's character. For a while, it was Lexi early on. I wouldn't say she was my least favorite. She was just like a little weirdly neurotic. And then, of course, by the time I come around to loving her, she got killed off. So that's upsetting. I'm in season nine right now. So now there's like really a new crop of characters. I would say with like the original characters or something, they're all good. They're all good in their own way. Karev, I had to like grow on a little bit. And now he's one of my absolute favorites. I love Karev. But I would say with this new crop that has come in, Brandon, who's sort of like the uptight surgeon or not surgeon. He's like one of the residents. But um, yeah, he's he's kind of on my shit list. He's just a bit of a dud. He doesn't really bring a lot to the table. He doesn't seem like somebody I want to bro down with and have a beer. He's out. Fuck him. Um, and also the virgin chick. She's growing on me because... So let me just catch you up here, Emilio. She was saving herself for marriage and then decided when she met this beautiful man who's a brilliant surgeon, they took it to pound town. And then she felt bad about it. And then she is now uh, finding her virginianity again, but now she wants to give it away to somebody else. So I don't know if, if she just starts sleeping with a bunch of people, I think it's a great idea. Sounds way too complicated. It's very, but listen, we're season nine. They're running out of shit to talk about. I've never seen an episode. Well, there's 17 seasons. I only started watching it because I was like during quarantine, I was like, oh, I need something to watch. Everyone says Grey's Anatomy is good. There's a million episodes. So now I'm into it. I don't even know if I really think it's an outstanding show. I'm just married to it at this point. My only link to Grey's Anatomy, and this is hand to God, was one Christmas many moons ago. My mother bought me a cologne from Avon, and it was oh. called Unscripted by Patrick Dempsey. <gasps> what a dreamboat that guy is. What a hot babe. Oh, my God. The dimples, the little flecks of gray in his hair, the eyes. Aging men are beautiful. We are. It's, we so, are. it's not fair. We're like a woman. You're like, damn, this bitch looks haggard. Thank God for Botox. But it is crazy. He's so handsome. He's very handsome. So now I wonder, does he always smell like unscripted? So I, I, I had unscripted and I would wear it so much that my Tinderellas, because Tinder was back around back in the day. Yeah. They would like smell the nape of my neck and be like, you smell amazing. So what does it smell like? What are the notes? Do you know? It's like a deep citrus and mahogany. I guess it went with my body chemistry so uh, well. That's the key is something that matches your chemistry. It's crazy how much perfumes and colognes based off of your own smells. I guess I found my the right pheromones, which is like a combination of like mesquite and citrus into like that cologne. So that's the only reason why I know of Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. The only reason why I know of (laughs) the show of Patrick's. The Patrick's of Patrick's is because of the cologne. Interesting that they're both Patrick's and neither of them just went to Pat. Could you call somebody? Hey, that's Pat Swayze. Never. Or, hey, that's Pat Demp. Never. You couldn't. It's rude. No. There's no way. That is a Patrick. He is a man's man. And you better say his whole damn name. You know what I want to do? I want to see if Unscripted still exists. And then I want to mail John a bottle. 
And I want you to smell the nape of his neck. Please send it. But again, here's the other thing. It really does come down to the body chemistry. So Natalia would always wear this perfume. Uh, Oh my God. I'm again, pregnancy brain. It's Creed is the brand. It's one of the Creed perfumes. They're expensive as all hell, but she would wear it. And it is just the most luxurious smell. And it's like a very masculine smell, which I'm drawn to. I love it. So I had John pick some up for me for Christmas last year and I love it, but it's just not the same on me as it is on Natty. So it's very upsetting. I still put it on, but finding your signature scent is no easy task. Um, okay. This is a question from Yale Torres, my dude, Yale. He's uh he's fantastic and always jumps on my Twitch streams and whatnot when I'm doing them, which has not been for a minute. Uh, but anyways, okay. His question is if you had the opportunity to interview a famous person past or present, who would it be? I always say my dream guest would always be Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis is, uh, is the white whale. We're trying to track her down. If anybody has a, an in with Jenny Lewis happens to be listening to this show, hit your girl up. I would actually be very nervous to interview her because she's so cool that I would be a loser and um, I'm okay with that, but I would be nervous. Um, and my other one will be Chelsea Handler because she's my absolute idol of idols. Chelsea Handler and Jenny Lewis. Bam. Who are yours? Ooh, uh, Sylvester Stallone out the gate. Oh, okay. And Love then I it. think my second one would probably be the notorious B.I.G. What was your, what was like your like main question be to Biggie? I would ask him, what do you think of the current landscape of rappers now in terms of storytelling? Oh, okay. Who are like the top storytelling like rappers right now? Kendrick, he's got to be one of the mains, right? Yeah, Kendrick, J. Cole, and I would say Wale. Love Wale. What a guy. Yeah, those three are like the, the, the holy trinity of just amazing storytellers. And then you can go into Big Crit. He's another one, Ghostface Killer, who's always been around. He's great. Oh, Pusha yeah. T. So there's a lot of really Pusha good Pusha T, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Not listening to Pusha T in a long time. I'm going to pull so, some of that up later. So good. That's happening. This is from Bradford. And Bradford writes, why did we not get an in-ring match between you, Rene Paquette, and Maurice during the Mike the Miz, John Moxley feud in WWE? Because everyone was afraid of how much I would kick ass. Nobody was letting <laughs> me in a ring. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I was saying to John today, I was like, you know what? I think I would have excelled as a fighter. And I mean this truthfully. I think if I was in the fight game, not today, obviously, I'm 35. Let's calm down. But if I started at a certain age, I think I could have done it. I got very strong legs. I think I would be a hell of a kicker. Could you crush a watermelon in the middle of your legs? No, I'm not that strong. Okay. I could try it though. My legs are very strong. Um, but anyway, so why that never happened? Honestly, I could not tell you. Um, I would have loved for something like that to happen. I should also point out that I have zero in-ring training. So that might have a very heavy hand in a reason why that never happened. The only in-ring thing I ever did was when I slapped Mike, which I've said this in interviews before, but I actually missed when I slapped him and he just sold it like a champ because that's the Miz. That's what he does. He's amazing. So I was so nervous going out to do that because I've not had to slap someone in the face. As an adult, I've not had to strike anybody. So I was a little bit nervous how to do it. And everyone's like, well, just make sure when you clock back that you don't take your eye off of your target. My dumbass clocks all the way back and like moved my head back. So when I swung, I just like had no target, missed. Oh. Uh, but no, nobody would know. It was, I mean, it was close. I like grazed him. But anyways, 
it just never went that route. And as much as I think it would have been a lot of fun, I would have been totally down. I think, you know, again, not having any in-ring training, I, I am still fairly athletic. So I think if like, you know, someone wanted to show me a thing or two just to do like a double leg and some kind of, I don't know, Thez press something else. I don't know. Maybe. You never took a bump? Never. No. Well, that's not totally true. One time I took a bump at this like training facility in Toronto back when I worked at the score. So that was a decade ago. And I just did it once for a segment for the score when I was like, I'm just going to go learn wrestling. And I had no idea. Um, though I will say during that day, I did do a Hurricane Rana. So not a big deal, but I could have been a Lucha star. So sad that that never happened, but I honestly truly think what it boiled down to is I think that upper management in WWE never wanted me in the ring because I think they valued me so much in the role that I was in that they didn't really want that to get tainted with any kind of gimmickry of any sorts. So it never happened. Here's another interesting one for you. This is from Meganapolis and Megan writes, Renee, you have a slight Canadian accent and Emilio. Well, you know, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Anyway. I feel like that's a knock. Um, if, if you could have any other accent, what would it be? So I would just like to go on the record and say that I do not have a Canadian accent. I worked very hard to uh, develop this non-regional dialect. Um, when I first signed to WWE, they made me take classes to get rid of my Canadian accent, which I honestly like, I'm sure it was more than it is now, but it was like very faint, if any. And I had to like go into Manhattan once a week and sit with this woman and she would give me words I had to like, I'd have to read during the week to make sure that I didn't like mispronounce vowels or some shit. Anyways, if I could have another accent, I would probably have like a Parisian accent. There's something very like sexy about that, like French accent. I would probably go that. What would you do? I would like to sound like Antonio Bandadas. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good one. Matthew McConaughey is great too. Like that great Texas draw. Like that's a good one. Right. But I think because I'm so swarthy. It yeah. Would- oh yeah. It wouldn't match as well. And right. Banderas you could do. Um, okay. So here's a question from Dale. What advice would you give to someone who wants to change course professionally? Example, IT to digital art. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to switch careers? Oh. I have a bunch, but I'm going to toss it off to you. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, as somebody that walked away from a lot of money on the table, my advice is if you're going to do it, make sure you have a nest egg. I did not. So I had to grind and grind hard. Luckily for me, I had a reputation and I had a lot of good people that believed in me and I had a good support system to come back home to. Uh, if you don't have that, then my suggestion to you is make it your secondary where you work, you do your nine to five. And then when you come home, you work your five to 11 or your five to midnight. And then once that starts to make you money, then you can leave your nine to five that probably has all like the the 401k and this, that, and the third. So my advice would be do both until the other one starts to take off. I agree with that in the sense of like, have that side hustle and fulfill that, that dream and scratch that itch. If you're really, if you keep coming back to the same thing of like, I really want to go be doing this. You really want to go be working, doing more digital art than working in IT. If that's your case. The problem is if you don't do it, you you just, you have to find a way to do it. It has to be the thing that fuels you is that passion. And I think just leaning so heavily on that, because if you don't do it, it will drive you insane anyway. So I think you, it just becomes that it's almost like breathing. You have to fulfill that thing that you really want to do and not be afraid of making that leap. And trust me, it can be scary as hell. I mean, just like Emilio said, it's like, I left WWE. I walked away from making really good money and had all these perks and all these amazing things. And I was like, bye. 
and moving on to, to do whatever the next project's going to be. I mean, right now we're here doing oral sessions and working on building this podcast and trying to make this into something great. Again, going back to what Emilio said, I saved a lot of my money. So that put me in a spot that I could more comfortably walk away and know that I was going to be okay. Cause there's nothing worse than having that financial stress and having financial stress can make you have impulse reactions to right. things. And that uh, usually doesn't end that well. Bam. Good luck. But now, yeah, so this luck. one, this one is super cute and it's from not that Tom Green. And he sent a video of his son asking you, who is your favorite Power Ranger? Oh, I saw this video and this sweet boy just warmed my heart with his little like eyebrow raises. Can we put his video up? On, we, if we put this up on YouTube, can we put it up there if for we, people to see? Is if that if fine? we can get if we can get not that Tom Green's permission, yeah, I think we could. Yeah, because he's so damn cute. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so my favorite Power Ranger would, of course, be the Pink Ranger. Uh, I believe her name was Kimberly. Um, I used to be obsessed with the Pink Ranger when I was a kid because I was also a gymnast. So when she could do all the backflips and do all that, that was I was like, oh, I'm going to be her. I'm going to be the Pink Ranger. Um, so anytime we would do like our little like. Power Ranger play in the backyard deal. I was always Pink Ranger. So nice. That's she's a good my one. girl. She's my girl. What about you? Do you have a favorite? Mine one? was the green because I liked just Tommy. But the the fun thing was Tommy was a hunk. He was a hunk, Jason David Frank, and he did the karate better than Jason. And he had the long hair. And at the time, I wasn't allowed to grow long hair. So oh, I wanted- you wait. Why were you not allowed to have long hair? Is this what's happening? You're rebelling. Uh, I've yeah, I've rebelled since 2013, where it's just like that's it. I'm I'm just gonna grow the the, the hair. Okay, um, but yeah, no, I just wasn't allowed to have it just because, like you know, where I went to school or whatever. It was like you gotta have like you know short hair, but also at the same time too it was like the culture dictated like you know high tight skin fades and keep it tight and right, yeah, tight and right. You know what I mean? Very very New York Staten Island haircuts at the time. <laughs> so I was mesmerized. Uh, I was like, please please post some throwback photos of these please i can't picture you with anything but long hair my eyebrows were so just edgy too <laughs> you're gonna open up a pandora's box rizzy you know that right now oh my god i know i know that's why I'm like there's so many things when you're talking i'm like wait i know i need to talk about this what about this okay <laughs> so anyway. it was the green ranger but i was also mesmerized with the dragon dagger as a kid it would be the thing that tommy would use as the green ranger to summon the dragon zord Side note, um, to not that Tom Green, I actually worked with the Tom Green one time and I did a music video for him when I was like 20. I was just thinking about this the other day. It popped in my head. I was in a music video called Teacher Suck. I'm so YouTubing this. I should YouTube it too because I'm not even close to pregnant in it and I'm like skinny and 20. Now I have like this beer belly. I'm going to look it up too. I'm going to make my husband watch it. I'm gonna <laughs> check this out, bitch. Look at what I'm working with here. Here's one for you. This, this is a great one. Since, you know, you, you had a, a acting debut in Tom Green's music video. This is, I think this is really it's good. Me, quite this, the thespian. This is from Sophia and she goes, which TV sitcom would you star in and what part would you want to play? I mean, I'm going to consider Fleabag a sitcom for the purposes of this question and answer, but I'm going to go Fleabag and I would just be full on Phoebe Waller bridges. Cause I think she is just the absolute, Coolest chick of all time, Fleabag, 100%. Perfect. What's yours? Mine's weird. I would want to play opposite Alan Alda as Hawkeye Pierce in MASH. I would either <laughs> like to be either his Trapper John or his BJ Honeycutt, or I would be the guy that they would just call Brooklyn. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I would. I, yeah. Well, I was obsessed with MASH as a kid. 
I used to hate mash because it was always on when I would go to my babysitters and it would be like on at lunchtime or like on right after school. I'm like, I don't want to watch mash. I had no interest. When it's on, I will just get sucked in and I will, I will watch it. I don't know why it was just like, maybe it's just my want and or need to become a television doctor. Sure. Oh my God. Again, for me watching Grey's, I'm like, I might have missed my calling. I should have gone to medical school. I think I could have been a doctor. Well, so I just wanted to play one on TV. I never really wanted to put in that much money and time and effort. Same. And then the whole blood thing and people breathing on you. I'm good. I don't really don't want that. But yeah. let me tell you something. I would watch ER and I would fantasize my name and, and a scene in the credits in the beginning <laughs> where like I'm on the gurney. And I'm giving somebody chest compressions and my hair is flowing in the breeze as I'm like hitting their chest. And you hear like the theme song as I'm playing. And then I just look up and you see my name. Like, oh you know, my God. In a guest role. Yes. And, and again, I win an Emmy award and then that jump starts my career. Come on. I mean, it all has to start somewhere. Um, another one that I would do is I would love to play Roz from Frasier. I love like huge Frasier fan. I feel like she is an unsung female hero on television because she was always portrayed as like being like the slut of the show, but she was just having a good time and like a woman of the world producing Frasier's show. Uh, she, you know, she had her kid on her own. I feel like she was like a very powerful woman, but also could like take a joke and throw it back. She was very quick. She was never like, it was never frowned upon what she was doing. Just like Frasier and Niles would make fun of her, but she was amazing. I, I love Roz. Here's a good one for you. This is from Sebastian and Sebastian wants to know, Renee, when did you get interested in professional wrestling and what was your favorite time period? So I guess I got interested in wrestling probably back in what would have been, I was in like fourth grade, 95, I would have been in fourth grade, something like that. Um, yeah, I was very much into wrestling at that point. It was like all Undertaker, uh, Stone Cold, The Rock was coming in, um, Remember ever, all my friends like loving Kane, <laughs> big Kane fans. Uh, but I went and saw, I, I, it would have just been like a Monday Night Raw that was in Toronto, but I got to go because my dad is a concert promoter and he worked at all the arenas in Toronto. So I got to go and like hang backstage and like meeting Mick Foley and China. Like I will always remember that so vividly of meeting them and seeing them and being like pretty enthralled with what they were doing. And then took a bit of a hiatus as I, you know, I always played so much sports growing up. So there, I mean, aside from me watching Frasier late at night, I was mostly just playing sports and watching movies and stuff. So I wasn't watching that much wrestling. And then it kind of crept back into my life in my like early twenties. And then here I am. So cool. I love how art yeah. imitates life. It's Perfect. crazy. It's one of those like bizarre, unexpected things that like when I look back at it, like it still is funny to me that like I am somebody that's associated with professional wrestling with WWE. Like I'm like synonymous with that. And I never would have anticipated that that's where my career went, but it's, it's great. It's so funny. I love it. Like you is the same thing. I never would have anticipated like guys like me don't get that shot to work for them, let alone develop something that did not even exist before I was there. And to even work with individuals like yourself and the New Day and Corey Graves was just an absolute blessing. And for me, I was a big, um, it, it was because of my grandmother, really, that got me into professional wrestling. You know what? That's a story I hear the most is that it's always grandmothers or grandparents, but more often it's the grandmother. 
that gets people like the yeah. rest of the family into wrestling. And and God bless her soul because I guess she would just like boot like me wrestling pay-per-views. Like she would just copy That's the awesome. tapes and just send them to me. And it was only three matches on this one tape. And yeah. it was SummerSlam 89. And it was when Hogan and Beefcake take on Savage and Zeus. Okay. And it was at that moment that I knew I need to watch this because this is the greatest thing I've ever seen because Savage was always my favorite. Mm -hmm. And then when I saw, when I saw this, this, this walking embodiment of just crazy with the sequins and the long hair and the tongue and the sunglasses. And then he's, you know, being accompanied by sensational Sherry. And I'm like, Oh my God, do I like chicanerous actions? Maybe I do. (laughs) And I was word shit. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, this might be my cup of tea. And I was really, really young. I was, let me see. I must have been maybe five. Wow. That's really crazy. That's really cool. My, I mean, the, the character that I always come back to is like gold dust to me has always been my favorite. I, I mean, I have a whole different level of respect for what he does now, especially like, first of all, in the terms of the way his body still moves and what he pulls off in the ring. Amazing. But the way that he truly cares and helps the next generation. I love watching him work with people like that. And he just, he loves wrestling, but from my own, just like fandom gold dust was my absolute favorite. Miss that guy. What a dude. I miss leaving my house and seeing friends. Okay. So this is our last question for this episode. Um, cause we have been just blabbing and yapping away. Um, from Kelly and Sukasa. Please tell us a story about how Brody brought the recording equipment for you, Emilio. Can you tell us that story? Uh, all right. I will. John and Amanda, I absolutely love them. And um, I didn't have the best equipment. And, I, and at one point, I was just flat broke. And I was using like the, the dregs of dregs like stuff. And it was like, you know, a broken recorder, uh, microphones that had no actual like head onto them. It was just, you would just, they were broken in half, but I was, I was doing it, you know what I mean? And, and to me, that was the organicness of it. You know, we go to Sirius and I'm there and I showed John the the equipment and I was like, well, you know, I snuck you guys in here because my equipment ain't so good. You know, we do the interview, we had a blast. And then my birthday comes around a couple of months later and I get this package sent to my house. I open it up. There's no name on it. And it's this podcasting equipment. It's this thing that I use here. And it's headphones and it's wires and just all this like equipment, hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of equipment. And I'm trying to figure out who sent it. And then I find this note inside of the gift and it stays in my wallet. And, um, it, uh, It said, dude, we love you. And we fucking believe in you. Oh, get it. And I'm going to tell you when I got this, it put a battery in my back and I manifested. I wanted to work at the WWE. And I genuinely believe if it wasn't for John and a tour I don't know if I would have been able to. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Take your time. 
I don't know where my life would be. And I'm very grateful. And I love him that he helped me chase my dreams. So when I was traveling around the world for a little while, this stayed with me. That's some goosebumps right there. I mean, just, I think that just sums up so much of like the man that, that Brody was of just like, so caring, so giving, always willing to go that extra mile for somebody, especially somebody he believes in somebody he loves. That's such a beautiful story. That's, that's really cool. Thanks for telling us that. Yeah. He's, he's good. I feel like that's a great way to wrap up this episode of oral sessions. It's been a blast just to have you on here and us just being able to like bullshit for a bit, but then to actually dole out some advice and hear a really cool story like that. It's a, it's a great way to, uh, to kind of kick things off and, and set the tone and, um, yeah, get ready for 2021. That's it. We're going to kick it in the dick. Right in the fucking dick. Right in the, 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 we're going to kick its dirt, right? Or wait, dick into the dirt. That's dick into the dirt. Whatever, whatever. We're going to kick dirt into his dick. And you're not getting any pregnancy pillows. We're protecting our veins. (laughs) We're not protecting your veins. Oh man. All right, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. This has been a blast. Um, we'll try to sprinkle some of these in here and there. Um, but we'll be back with uh, some regular interviews and whatnot. We've got some killer ones lined up coming up here. Yeah. We're not messing around here. Uh, when it, we're kicking things off here in 2021. Right. So hold on to your asses. Cause we've got some great interviews coming your way. Um, we'll see you guys next week right here. Same place, same time, same place. You get all of your podcasts and, Watch all these videos on YouTube, like, subscribe, share with everybody you know. Bye.